This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is Mike, and you can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, welcome guys to our first in a planned four episode summer long exploration of Adam Sandler called Summer of Sandler. Yeah, and I can't wait. I came up yeah. with this uh, a little while back where we were trying to think of episode ideas, bouncing ideas off of each other, and kind of uh, I wanted to think of something we could do f- a-, a whole summer long. And uh, so toward the end of the school year, I decided to start showing some Adam Sandler movies to my students because it was the only thing I could think of that would have some sort of thematic uh component to it and i said what if we did the summer of sandler um and we started a couple weeks ago when we were at uh indie PopCon. we decided to watch blended together and so we did uh and we we kind of talked about was there a fall in adam sandler's career has there been a dramatic drop-off or or has it been peaks and valleys the whole time. And so it's really kind of an exploration I've been wanting to do for a couple of years because sometimes I'll love Adam Sandler's work. Uh, notably, Spanglish is, is very good. Um, I really like uh, Rain Over Me is awesome. And then just some turds. I, I remember being angry that he made the movie Jack and Jill. So <laughs> uh, we're, we're excited to be talking about the summer of Sandler. We're, this is, like Matt said, this is part one. Uh, and it's we're calling it part one, but it's also kind of two eras in Adam Sandler's career. We're going to talk about uh, his pre-star um, uh, days. We'll call we'll we'll call it before Billy Madison and then after Billy Madison. Uh, <laughs> so this is the 1990s. And so we should probably just start by saying everybody knows Adam Sandler. He was on SNL for several years, mm-hmm. uh, but his first movie role was Going Overboard. Did you guys see this movie? I, in preparation for this episode, I actually rented it off of, uh, Amazon, Amazon, um, you brave son of a bitch, digitally, yeah. dude, seriously, it was <laughs> such a waste of time and went money. It, it is. I've told people multiple times that I have three movies, uh, that I hate more than any other movies. My three least favorites. They are mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street part two, Freddy's revenge, oh, God. uh, Pauly Shore is dead and then going overboard wow. with Adam Sandler as Shecky Moskowitz. So you have seen it. Oh, I've seen Going Overboard. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that. When when did you watch it? Uh, I saw it during his heyday. Actually, oh, wow. I saw it hmm. when I I first discovered Billy Madison through or Adam Sandler through Billy Madison. I was a huge Billy Madison fan. As soon as it came out, I anticipated Happy Gilmore highly. Uh, and then somewhere around there, maybe a little later, maybe ninety eight or so, uh, I've I rented a copy of Going Overboard, and I was so angry. <laughs> I'm, I might have thought that it was a new movie of his, like one that I missed. Okay. And then as soon as it started, and you can tell he's younger, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Because I was not very familiar with him on SNL. Right. He only right. did like a year or two. He, on say, SNL? Yeah. At 90 to 95. Yeah. Oh, heck, five years. Wow, so. I was way off. I don't even yeah. really remember that much of what he did. He Was the Hanukkah song an SNL thing or just... Uh, yeah, that was an SNL okay. thing. Okay. He did the songs. 
He did the the opera boy, the opera singer. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh and he did he did um Schmidt's gay beer. I think it's Schmidt's gay <laughs> beer. Which is one of my favorite Adam or my favorite SNL skits of all time. It's filmed like a beer commercial and Adam Sandler and Chris Farley go in and uh there it's like this old dilapidated house and somebody somebody busts out the Schmidt's gay beer and everything gets awesome and it's a pool party, except that they're oh. gay. Oh, I remember that now. Okay. They're all yeah. wearing like multicolored speedos and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they're like doing what men would do at a regular old pool party, but they're looking at dudes. It wouldn't play as well today. <laughs> right. But uh in the in the early nineties at the He's probably most famous on SNL for uh the lunch lady song. Probably the lunch oh, yeah. lady song. Yeah. Pedro. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about, oh, yeah, I got something to say about that later yeah. when we talk about Billy Madison. But going overboard for me was just, man, I had such a tough time watching this movie. It was so bad. I, I, like, five minutes into the movie, he pops up and basically outlines exactly what the movie is. So it's like his quote is, what you're about to see is a fictitious, loosely thrown together story about a sea cruise waiter, me right here. Who dreams yeah, no of kidding. becoming? Who dreams of becoming a stand-up comedian? Uh, this movie is based entirely around the fact that we had access to this nice big boat here and a lot of good-looking women. So, <clears throat> wow. So I don't know if there was a script <laughs> or or what, but it was very much, very much just guerrilla filmmaking and just really bad, bad everything. Hmm. If we're charting the career, there's there's nothing here that gives any indication of the success that he would have later. Right. And make no mistake, he was successful, and he was very good at what he did. No matter how you feel about him, for at least a couple years, he was very good. Uh, there's none of that here. Hmm. Yeah. And even moving on to Shakes the Clown, I mean, that was his second movie, written, directed, and starring Bobcat Goldthwait. He was, uh, uh, Sandler was a, a supporting character. That was still... I mean, I wasn't a fan of the movie either, but, and, and Sandler had one good, like, social awkward scene mm-hmm. when he was talking to a woman in that movie. Yeah. Which I thought was great. And it also kind of made me think, maybe he's a little better when he's just playing kind of the subdued or, or, or the straight man kind of, kind mm-hmm. of character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that movie was, it was almost a good, idea <laughs> no it was a good idea for a movie it just because bobcat Gold, goldthwaite has written and directed some movies lately that are fantastic uh world's greatest dad and i think god bless america is what it's called mm-hmm. see both of those they're terrific um and so i think there were some flashes of his talent in that movie uh bobcat goldthwaite but it just didn't didn't flesh out um but adam sandler i thought he was he was kind of fun in the movie he was charming and like you said that one scene where he's yeah. kind of hitting on the waitress that was that was that's fun, but yeah, yeah, it, you could kind of see the flashes of his talent as well, uh, Adam Sandler. So right, yeah. and he was kind of the movie itself. Just really, I haven't seen the movie. Okay. Is it a starring role? No, no, it's oh. purely supporting. He plays a he plays a clown, a clown friend of Bobcat's. But the movie itself is just kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. Like I have a note that says, "Movie is kind of depressing, much like clowns are, generally speaking." <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah. So yeah, and then after that he had like a cameo in Coneheads, which 
We can which everybody was in. And I know you didn't want to talk about Coneheads or you were not looking forward to seeing it, but I used to yeah. love that movie. Me too. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah, it's a classic movie. And then he, uh, Matt, do you have anything to say about Coneheads? No, I couldn't get into it. Okay. So he stepped it up. Uh, uh, we'll call it the Bill, the big leagues. He was in Airheads, but that was really more of a Brendan Fraser vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, great movie. I love it. It is a great movie. I, I love, love that movie. Yeah. And again, he played a, a supporting role that he was, uh, he was kind of subdued. Yeah. And he was kind of the, I don't know. He was kind of the lighthearted kind of, not foil. I don't know. He was something in it. He was kind of just kind of played a little lower, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a theory that I'll present at the end. Okay. For it. Cool. Yeah. Um, for for him for this first segment of his career, I, I feel okay. like these first several movies. I feel like since he wasn't the star, he's kind of eagerly trying to grab the attention of the audience with these first couple performances. Uh, I, I haven't seen um, the uh, Going Overboard, but I saw Shakes the Clown, and I've seen Coneheads, and I, I love Airheads. And I think with those roles, he was trying... No one knew who he was yet, and he was really trying to demonstrate how he was trying really hard. So that's what I think he was doing for these first couple movies. Yeah. Okay. Have yeah. you guys seen Mixed Nuts? No. No. Okay, really quick. I just have a couple things about it. Uh, Mixed Nuts is a 1994. Nora Ephron wrote, and she may have directed it, but it's star Steve Martin. It's about a group of people at a uh, um, crisis or suicide hotline who face eviction or something like that um, on Christmas Eve. And he plays a character that is kind of a... <coughs> Sorry. I think he's kind of the character, the, the building's, he's either a tenant of the building or he's like the, the janitor or something like that. I don't know. But he, it was the first movie that I saw him use his kind of goofy voice, like his, like, oh, da, 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 I know. Yeah. And as soon as I heard it, it made me, Honestly, it made me kind of dread watching the rest of his movies. <laughs> oh no. Cuz honestly to me, I don't something about it is like nails on a chalkboard to me. Wow. It's so cuz it's That's so interesting. Yeah, I, there's something about it. It's so Well, save that cuz I think yeah. save that for a second cuz yeah, I yeah. cuz I think you'll have something to say. Um so that's the past. That's the early stuff. That's the SNL years. In 1995, uh, he was either fired or quit. It's, it's kind of the details on that are a little murky. I think he knew that he was going into film. So, so either way, I don't think he was too con- concerned with it. Uh, and he made his first starring vehicle, mm-hmm. Billy Madison. How did you guys see this movie? How did you guys find Billy Madison? Oh, it was so long ago. I can't even remember. I can't remember either. Um, I think I saw it for the first time on home video. Yeah, me too. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I can't remember if it was before or after that that I I listened to and re-listened to and re-re-listened to his uh, comedy album. They're all gonna laugh at you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But th- some those two are kind of intrinsically tied together with me as like my foray into Sandler. Um, okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That you, because I I didn't look into his albums until a couple of years later, maybe not until ninety nine or two thousand. Oh wow! So, uh, did you see Billy Matt? Was Billy Madison the first Adam Sandler movie you ever saw? 
and, I, and I'm talking Adam Sandler movies. Basically, everything before Billy Madison doesn't count. Right. Uh, but is Billy Madison the first Adam Sandler movie you ever saw? Yeah, it, it was. And I, I okay. think I want to say that maybe my brother kind of turned me on to it because um, he loved it. And, and I, I loved it, too. I, I really liked it as a kid. I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I may have seen Airheads first. I can't remember. Really? It was so long. Yeah, I, I did, too. But again, I don't want to count it just because it's a, it, that's a Brendan Fraser movie, really. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I did too. It was, that was a, um, Billy Madison was a big part of my childhood. You, when we had John Dugan on the podcast, his daughter and I, I think his daughter introduced that movie to me and we watched it several times. If I, if I made a list of the movies I've seen the most, uh, it's gotta be in the top three. Nice. Okay. And, nice. and I remember, or, or going back to watch the movie, I watched the movie about a week ago. I realized so much still of my vocabulary today is from that movie. Uh, a lot of the jokes I use and so much of my humor from the nineties was from, from that movie. I looked up to Adam Sandler so much and, and I can watching it back then I can, or watching it today and thinking back then I can tell why it made such an impression impression on me as a youngster, but I definitely concluded by the end of watching it this time that most of my enjoyment today is from the nostalgia of it. Mm-hmm. It's really not yeah. a great movie. It's yeah. it's not. And I, I when I when I started watching it, I kind of wrote down this note to kind of posit this question to you guys. It's his breakout hit, and but is it good? And like viewing it now, it's, it's a vehicle for Sandler to act goofy pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Is it's humor- not good. And even worse, it's not even that funny. Right, right. That's what right. I was going to say. Is the humor solely reliant on Sandler's randomness? 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where it, it fails. Kind of fails, I guess. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, it's, it's, right. a, it's funny. If you were a kid in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it I, was hilarious. If you were a kid in the nineties, yeah. it was your favorite movie. If you were a kid in the nineties, yeah, and I think it's, I, I, based on what Mike said and based on my feelings towards it, I think it's it's kind of, I would say it borders on the impossible for people like us to watch the movie now objectively. So this question that we're trying to answer, you know, was it ever actually a good movie or mm-hmm. did we just appreciate it because it was goofy because we could connect to it as kids or something like that? Uh, I, I'm not sure that we're the best people to answer that, really. I think you need you need a fresh audience for it. Um, that, but we can still try. <laughs> yeah. um, I think what, just to throw this in here, I think what I like liked about the movie as a kid and still kind of enjoy about it now is the fact that I was watching it as a kid and there was this guy who was an adult in his, you know, early twenties, and he still acted like a kid. He's, yeah, he's he hung on to his goofiness and was able to, you know, be goofy. And, and he had friends and all that stuff. I think I just it was like a pipe dream as like a, you know, nine or 10 year old watching the movie. I was like, Oh man, I hope that I still have, you know, obviously you don't want to be some bum who's just not doing anything and living in your parents' house. Right. Like I am now, but uh, you don't, <laughs> I didn't, not, not that I wanted to be that. It's just that I wanted to have that attitude still. I wanted to be mm-hmm. able to laugh at stupid things and go to the local burger place and throw pickles on the glass and who say, who would you rather bang? Jack Nicholson or Meg Ryan. Stuff like that. <laughs> I think that's why I liked it at the time and I can yeah. still have fun with it now. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Uh, 
I should say now that I, uh, I'm going to try really hard not to quote any of the movies. Unless I'm pointing out a particularly funny or, or particularly notable line, uh, I'm, I'm going to try very hard not to. Because it's something I did so much when I was younger, and I, and I don't want to fall back on that. The movie made uh, about $25.5 mm-hmm. and it was a moderate success. Uh, it was bested very quickly by Happy Gilmore. Um, so I... I've listened to um, Adam Sandler do Norm Macdonald's podcast just recently, and I found this oh. was interesting. He said that they tried to get uh, Alan Covert as the as the larger of his two friends. You know, mm-hmm. it's Norm Macdonald and then the other guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they tried to get Alan Covert, who we will see coming back in every single one of Adam Sandler's <laughs> movies. Um, but the producers wanted a, a fatter friend. Okay. Huh. Huh. Yeah. That sucks. I th- yeah, I know. I thought that was interesting. That's such a producer note. It is. Oh, yes, need, it need, is. We need a goofy fat guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Goofy fat guy. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, had a crush on Veronica Vaughn. Oh, Veronica oh Vaughn. me too. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Loved Chris Farley in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even now, even watching that, I, I thought Chris Farley's stuff was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was Was Bridget Wilson? Did she go on to do much? After this, I I know what you did last summer. <laughs> so no, it's about it <laughs> that I can think of. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, because she's you. Man, she's, you'll see her every now and then. Yeah, uh, and then you'll be like, oh, there's Veronica Vaughn. Mm-hmm. What else is she in? Not, not a bad actress and <laughs> no. smoking hot. Oh yeah, she was Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. Oh, oh that's wow, right. I forgot about that. Huh. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. Huh. Okay. Just want to throw that in there. Yeah. So so Billy Madison. I don't want to rank them. There's too many no, to no, rank. No, we can't rank. Uh, so essentially, Billy Madison, we can sum it up by saying it's nostalgic and yeah. it's not very good. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah pretty much. much. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So um, there's that. Yeah. So I didn't look up the actual release dates for these next two movies, but I went to uh, 1996. He had two movies come out, Bulletproof and Happy Gilmore. Should we talk about Bulletproof first? Yeah. Well, Happy Gilmore was released in February. Oh. Bulletproof was released in September. Happy Gilmore came first. Okay, let's just do Happy Gilmore then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what'd you guys think? I watched it today. Actually, it was uh, out of the the seven or eight or so that we're doing today. Uh, that's the that's the only one I had left to watch, just because I'd probably actually seen that the most. Earlier, I said there are probably three movies that I've seen more than any others. This is one of the other. Th- three of the other two uh if i leave out um from the discussion before um and it holds up better Mm -hmm. i i understand why it was the success it was in comparison to billy madison yeah yeah it's more adult ish yeah it is it's funny i liked it more me too say that right off the bat Uh, it uh yeah this one holds up for me actually this is it's probably my favorite Adam Sandler comedy. Um, is Happy Gilmore? Because um, I think it's he, he was he wasn't playing a goofy kid who never grew up essentially, or an adult, or a kid trapped in an adult body like Billy Madison. He was right. He was still goofy, and he did his 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 you know funny stuff. He was clinging to a bit of a childhood dream. Yeah. Um, in the movie, but it had a lot more adult themes in it, and I I think that stuff holds up pretty well actually. Right. Yeah. It was a good vehicle, I guess, for his... He has this thing. 
I don't know if it's acting or it's just him, but anytime he has a scene or whatever where he's angry, I kind of want to punch him in the face. I'll just say it like that because he kind of does this this loud yelling. His face gets kind of contorted a certain way every time. Yeah, like, his eyes get squeak, uh, squinted and his nose gets even bigger. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, dude, stop, just stop. That's it. it bugs me. I don't know why. I I don't know why. Huh. You mean when he's doing like goofy angry or like when he's actually when he's angry, pretty much any any really? goofy or otherwise, he's like, why not you? I, I can't. I don't see. That's like when he's being goofy, angry though. But when he's doing like like an Airheads, when he's like <laughs> when Steve Buscemi is trying to convince him to be scary, when he's holding the fake gun, huh. he's like, "I'm gonna stab your head off with my dick." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He genuinely looks like right. scary in that, and like when he's when he's cursing out the fans and Happy Gilmore, <laughs> <laughs> that part where he's being bleeped out on the television. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's genuinely like. Yeah, but maybe it's maybe it's just I'm. Uh, there's like a bug or something on the wall. Now, did you anyway, always feel um, this way? Or are we going to have to talk about when this happened? You know. Because I have a feeling that you're going to have a, we're going to have a, a we're going to get a pretty recurring theme from you throughout these movies. I think so. And I think with this, I might table it until we talk about funny people. Because okay. I think that is kind of the thing. Because that's a serious movie, whatever. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene where he's he's yelling at someone in it later, and we'll talk about it when we talk about it. But he does that kind of angry kind of thing, and I'm like, it just it, it rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe I'll have more insight when that when I see it. Okay. But for the most part, it just it kind of bothers me. But it's not to Happy Gilmore's detriment or anything like that because I still enjoy it, and I thought that it was a, it's a fun fun movie. Um, it's a fun send up of sports movies. Yeah. Um and it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. It has the the uh the amazing Christopher McDonald uh yeah. as the villain which yep. he's just fantastic. He's fantastic. <laughs> and I had such a crush on, crush on Julie Bowen in his oh, happy place God. dream sequence. <laughs> oh my word. Oh yeah. Oh my word. It, like the uh, word. I do kind of snicker at the Rube Goldberg ending where he's got to hit the hole in one and and they didn't yeah. They barely set up at all time spent doing this at many golf places. Like, I, I don't know. That that just seemed pretty stupid to hmm. me. Improbable, but I thought it was fun. Yeah. Incredibly yeah. improbable. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, but, I, but I mean, so so was the whole movie, right. I guess. Yeah. But it's just, it's it's better. It's it's funnier than Billy Madison. It is a marked, marked improvement. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, I actually, so many times watching Billy Madison again. This is a week ago. I would shake my head and be like, "Man, I was dumb." <laughs> but I, I, I don't think I ever did that with Happy Gilmore. Right. I was like, "Well, you know, it's not the funniest movie I've ever seen, but I, I get it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think now I actually quote this movie more than Billy Madison. Yeah, like, I think uh, so too. Like the part where he's yeah. like, hey, she, "She should have been standing there." Like that. <laughs> I say that all the time, and uh, yeah, we're working on that one, dip. I say that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Piece of monkey <laughs> when I'm when I'm pissed about something. Nice. Uh Ben Stiller in it as the as the Oh yeah. The, I'm trying really him. hard not to do impressions here, but <laughs> go ahead. Oh, we have to. He, he was so fantastic in it and that there's that whole kind of undercurrent throughout the whole movie this I mean he's trying to like his he's doing this thing to save his grandmother's house and all that. 
and then she's just in hell and it's so yeah. it's so underplayed and it's 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 strikes just the best kind of tone and, and pacing for that movie um yeah. that she's really great played it. by francis bay by the yeah, way who mm. uh, who also appeared in the wedding singer which we'll talk about later yep cool yeah she 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 was good um alan covert alert first appearance of him he plays his bearded caddy yeah. later on he has maybe three or four lines in the movie yeah and we can talk about alan covert later but yeah i don't know why what's to feel. say later i don't know just he's i don't know i don't know he's, he's i'm just pointing out that he's in every single one yeah of adam he's movies. adam sandler's friend <laughs> yeah. that's my yes. yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not a, i don't know if i'm a fan of his is what i'm trying to say he was okay, in, gotcha. He was in Airheads. I think that was his first. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. He you're was right. a cop in Airheads, wasn't he? he? Was on the, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> where he right. does the scene where right. they, take, they take a step forward and yeah. then, yeah. You're right. But this was the first, like, you know, speaking. Well, yeah. Like, uh. Cameo like, in an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, like, this is the first Adam Sandler movie he was in. Right, so, right. Yeah. Again, right. I know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep insisting that. Well, we're talking Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> true, true. Uh, all right. Well, so it's, it's all right. (laughs) It's, it's a pretty good movie. It's, it's probably, it's not as good as we remember from when we were 10 years old, but, uh, it's worth seeing. And so moving on same year, like you said, released in September and I'll probably say it here, uh, of this part, it's probably the best movie. Bulletproof? Bulletproof. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Uh, you know. I would say Happy Gilmore. Really? I would. Huh. I'd say Big Daddy, it's, maybe. Happy Gilmore is funnier. Yeah. I liked Bulletproof as, as, as a, um. Bulletproof works in, in way more ways than any of the movies on this list. As a, buddy, it's a, it's a more impressive movie. Mm-hmm. It's a buddy cop movie. Well, uh, well, they're not cops, but yeah. you get what I'm saying. Right. Uh, and, and I think it's because of Damon Wayans. It's, yeah, it's yeah. what it's what Matt calls an interracial buddy comedy movie. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. We right. need to do an entire episode about that. We will someday. Yeah. But yeah, we will. Yeah, this movie's great, and I think I think part of what makes it great is that this movie is a bit of an anomaly in this sex segment of his career because he had Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, where like most of the burden of funny was like on him. At least, yeah. Maybe it wasn't, but he tried to take it all on. Yeah, even though he has good supporting good supporting casts in those movies like Happy Gilmore and uh, Adam Sandler, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Billy Madison, where he can <laughs> you know give them some of the burden of making jokes, but he tries yeah. to take it all on. But with Bulletproof, he he genuinely shares the burden with Damon Wayans, and, and seemingly willingly. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's what I love about it is right. is that you can tell he's acting in this movie, mm-hmm. and he loves being in a buddy movie. I think you guys were texting or, or in the pod chat while. While one of you guys was watching it, and you're like, "I wish Adam Sandler made more movies like these." Yeah, I couldn't stress that enough. I can't. I can't agree more with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's so great when he shares the burden that way. Um, yeah, and I think they did it magnificently. Uh, Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler in this movie. Uh, it's a really funny movie. It's it's hugely underrated too. I don't think I saw this movie yeah. until like several years later. I think I was like, I don't even think I was a teenager. I think I was like in my twenties. Yeah, before I ever saw I, Bulletproof. I saw it, uh, maybe not in 96, but it was the next one I saw. I, I might have seen it in 97 on home video. Uh, made, uh, significant, well, not significantly less 
17 million less than Happy Gilmore, uh, 21 million, 6 million opening weekends. So I, I don't want to call it a bomb, but it was, it, I would have been worried if I, if I were Adam Sandler. Yeah. Right. It, and like, yeah, and I did say I do wish he did more movies like this because he's, he's, it's a good movie. Like, I'm just retreading the stuff we've already said, but it's, <laughs> uh, no, I enjoyed it. And I, I, it was kind of under my radar too. I never saw it until last week. And the reason is because I was more of a fled guy. Um, God. With, uh, Stephen Baldwin and Lawrence Fishburne, I think. Yeah, that movie yeah. sucks. <laughs> oh, Stephen Baldwin. Awesome. Um, there's a motorcycle in it. I watched that movie on your recommendation. Really? I did, like, like several years ago. Okay. Yeah, like, I think we may have been in high school. You, you were, I, I think I was talking about this movie, maybe. I don't okay. know. Bulletproof. And I was like, oh, it's really good. It's funny. And you were like, oh, I was like, Fledmore. And I was like, what do you, what is that? I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> and I watched it. I was like, ugh. Really? Uh, yeah, wow. I didn't care for it. So We'll have to, yeah. anyways. We'll have to host an obsessive viewer double feature or something. No. Anyways, bulletproof. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, bulletproof was a was was good, and it it was. It's a shame it didn't get the recognition that the movie, quite frankly, deserved. Yeah, I also think it works because it was rated R. Oh, totally. I think that helped its case. Definitely. Uh, You know, I I get the sense often that Adam Sandler is a rated R comedian in a PG thirteen world. Mm -hmm. That's a good. That's apt. Yeah. Oh, and we'll talk about this in part three or part four. Now I think he's a rated G comedian in a PG thirteen world. Yeah, that's yeah. We'll, Maybe we'll that's, talk about that. I, I'm, I well, I kind of mentioned that with Blended. Right. That's probably oh. the whole. You could probably sum up his entire career that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So, so Bulletproof is good. Alan Covert <laughs> plays a detective in it. By the way, wow, <laughs> yeah. forgot about that. Uh, um, we learned that Adam Sandler's got pipes. In that movie, he can do a uh, wicked awesome uh, Whitney Houston impression. Happy, happy Gilmore, <laughs> Happy Gilmore. You don't remember? That's like one. That's the, true. That yeah, I, I won't. Oh, I wasn't gonna oh, do yeah. it. No I wasn't gonna do it. <laughs> to the night closes. <laughs> Sorry. So he took 1997 off. Which one of these next okay. ones came first, Mike? Uh, he was kind of, he took a year off. He did 1998 again with the February release with the wedding singer. Okay. Uh, uh, the wedding singer, by the way, was a huge success. It made 80 million at the box office, uh, 18 million opening weekend. So I guess you might say it had a bit of a drop off. Um, and it was actually released on new line cinema. That's huh. interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It, this was my first time ever seeing it. And oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. And it's wow. surprising because I'm a sucker for a good rom com. Yeah. Um Well, you said a good rom com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um I I you know, I thought it was okay. Um I didn't really write any notes for it, but Yeah. I've always I've I've always seen it as a low point. If if I'm looking at these early years, uh, even when I was younger, like when I first saw it, I was like, Oh yeah, there was that movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot as a kid, and I, I rewatched it for this recording. And man, is it not good! I it's don't, just not. It's like, yeah. hey, I can sing a little bit. We should probably do a movie about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I don't know. Drew Barrymore is not good. Is not good in it. <laughs> is terrible. She's very forgettable. Yeah, absolutely. Very forgettable. The I don't. I struggled with understanding why it was 
set in the 80s. Why why go through that trouble if you're going to make a fairly formulaic movie? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> because are there wedding singers anymore? <laughs> well, that's a good point. I don't think there are. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. But it was, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought the first, maybe the first uh, half hour, 45 minutes was okay. I liked the whole his 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 character start like he's kind of this lovelorn kind of guy whose whose occupation is singing at other people's weddings and he kind of he loses his he loses his girl or whatever <clears throat> but it's kind of just yeah i don't know yeah it sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I do like the part where he uh he plays the song that he wrote for his ex the song is pretty funny. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's like the, one of the, that's the high point of the movie for me as far as the funnies go. Um, but that's about it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Robbie yeah. Hart. Yeah. Uh, and Al, Alan Covert plays his best friend, Sammy. Oh, yeah. I'm I like sorry. I'm going to keep this. pointing out the Alan Coverts here. I like Alan Covert in this movie, actually. Yeah, I did too. I liked him in this. Yeah, he was a good, he was a good. He, he actually has something to do for a change. Right. Yes. True. Yeah. His character had a little bit of depth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I I feel like we should spend just as much time talking about it as I do spend as I spend thinking about this movie and move <laughs> on. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, is that fair? Yeah. Uh he he had a cameo in the film Dirty Work, which was uh the oh, first yeah. movie after Norm Macdonald's career, uh SNL career ended. Mm-hmm. Uh again, I, I wouldn't consider that an Adam Sandler movie, sure. so we'll skip it. Uh in November, he released the movie The Waterboy. And at this time, yeah. I was in full full Adam Sandler mode. I mean, mm-hmm. I was Me anticipating too. this this was probably the highest uh the most anticipation I I had for one of his releases. Me too. Oh, I, I couldn't wait for this movie to come out. Uh neither could audiences. 161 million dollars. Oh wow. Damn. It, it was number 3 on the charts. It opened with uh 39 million. Huh. huh. It doubled The Wedding Singer, which was his <laughs> highest up to that point. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Me- how do you guys feel about the water boy? Because I like I have one note about it right now that says one note. I have, that's I have, it. That's your comment. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. I have one note about it. In I know. I'm notes. making a joke about okay. it being one note. Ha ha ha. No, but that's, no, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the pitch for this movie was okay. So it's it's Billy Madison meets Happy Gilmore, but set, yes, but set in the South. And with a sport that people actually like. <laughs> um, yes. That you're exactly right. Yeah. That is exactly what it was. And I mean I, Here's the thing, good. I don't hate it. Yeah. As yeah. uh D'Angelo Barcelona. If, from if the it's Wire not for it? the obnoxious and and offensive uh his ailment, I, I don't even know what to call it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Adam Sandler's the low point of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. All the yes. other characters are kind of okay. Like, would, I'm curious, what do you guys think of Kathy Bates? Is she genuinely funny in this, or is it just kind of like a kind of gimmicky since she has such like a such a uh, um, a note of being a dramatic actress who's won Oscars for playing crazy people and stuff? Yeah. Um, is it just that? Is it just the gimmick of it, or is she genuinely like funny in this movie? I think it's for me. It's more that she's it's a gimmick. I think it is too. Yeah. I would say gimmick, mostly because of the accent. Well, yeah. that, and she has these stupid 
yes, the stupid accent and the stupid foosball. Well, go play foosball with your friends. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And the devil, it's for the devil. It's, stuff like that. Yeah. It's kind of like she's trying to do an Adam Sandler impression. Yeah, it is. So yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, kind of. That's a good point. Uh, she did. Um, she did her best. Right. Yeah. It's also. It's certainly not the first thing Henry Winkler did after Happy Days. You know, yeah. he had a long. He did Happy Days and then didn't do anything. But it was the first time I was like, oh. That's Fonzie. Yeah. <laughs> right. He was fun in this movie. Well, yeah. that's not true. I guess he was in Scream. Yeah, he was. In, yeah. That's right. But if you remember, and I've said this before, I didn't see Scream until college. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I thought he yeah. was a lot of fun in this movie. Yep. I remember for a long time people people always saying, what mama doesn't know won't hurt her. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yep. Uh, yep. Balk is a love interest. I I'm not Biggie a big Ballancourt. fan of hers. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of hers. Just as no, as I'm as. not either. I liked her in this though. Yeah, I thought she was good in this. She, I don't think she had to play very hard. That's that's no. that's the yeah. I, I like the part where she tells the ESPN guy that her prediction for how the game is going to end, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's a good prediction." She's like, "Yeah, ain't no prediction. That's how it's going to be." <laughs> that's that's <laughs> and it does too. Yeah, right. By the way, yeah. if you. Uh, I uh I should say that this is one of the movies I watched with my students. It's one of the ones they picked this year. And we watched it like four times. I watched it four times. Oh, my God. Uh. I watched it in each of my classes. And uh, it wasn't until like the third time that I realized, hey, that is the score. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, again, wow. this is just another quotable one, but it's it's not very good. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know. Same old, same yeah. old. It, it, yeah. I hate to... I hate to keep saying that with with these movies, but there there was a trend right. uh, until Matt, your favorite Adam Sandler movie, correct? Or your um, favorite in this segment? My favorite in this segment. Uh, it's a pretty much toss up between this one and Bulletproof, actually. Okay. Hmm. Uh, well, this is when this in um June of ninety nine, and I talked about this on my uh my summer blockbusters right. segment, right? I talked about this is when Adam Sandler became the prince of summer because Will Smith was the king of summer. <laughs> uh, and uh, Big Daddy came out to 163 million, 41 million opening weekend, and, uh, I'm, and it debuted at number one in the box office. Wow. That's, oh, man. It and is- it is, if, if you are a tad younger than we are, and you weren't there to experience Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore, this is probably your favorite Adam Sandler movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's awesome. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's all right. You guys want to talk about awesome, it? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really like it. I think that it's a, uh, I may have said this in the in or maybe may, Mike, maybe you said this in the in the summer blockbuster ones, but it it's a good. I think I liked it because it was at a time it was in the late nineties that I was growing up myself. I was about to be in like junior high, and all that. And I, my elementary school days were Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. That's and and they're all gonna laugh at you. His his album, um, and stuff. And then so. To go into this, this, you know, new era of my life and seeing this guy who's this goofy guy kind of playing this role that's sort of serious and has these serious overtones or whatever to it, undertones or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, 
it's it was kind of it was refreshing. That's the word that I would use to describe okay. Big Daddy. Um, it was fair. yeah, it was definitely refreshing. It's the one where uh, now by the time that came out, we were thirteen or almost thirteen, twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. Matt, you might have been thirteen. Um, it's like I wasn't embarrassed. I didn't feel bad watching it with my mom. Yeah, like it wasn't so stupid that I had to like ask my mom to watch it with me. In fact, I think <laughs> she liked it. Nice. Yeah, my mom did. I watched it with my parents. Yeah, they liked it. I don't know yeah. if my parents liked it. I think uh, watch. I liked it a lot when I was a kid, and I saw it. But watch. I watched it again for this episode, uh, like last week, I think. And uh, it was. Uh, I wish I could get past this, but I just kids just suck. Um, oh, he's that, so terrible. Yeah, he's really a bad actor in it. But he's yeah. cute as a button. Oh, a, but so bad. Actually, I think they're twins. I think it's they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twins, uh, yeah. Um, they. They grew up into, well, they had a douchey phase, but I guess in comparison to Justin Bieber, they're re- relatively normal kids. <laughs> Cole and Dylan Sprouse. Yeah. Um, they never got better. They were on the, the sweet life of Zach and Cody. Yeah. Wow. And they are the worst overactors you've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> but I, they, he should have gotten like Haley Joel Osment because that was right, right, right before, uh, the sixth sense. He was a, he was really good in that. Just get a yeah. good, good kid actor for it. It would, yeah. I think it would be, it'd be more enjoyable now. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I can't, I really can't knock it that much because it's a pretty solid movie. I mean, it turns into a surprise courtroom thing and, um, I don't know. We get some, there, there's some solid jokes in there. Um, it's a fun movie. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it's a success. It's a successful movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just loved seeing all of the, all this, all his, you know, he doesn't know how to raise a kid. So he does all these goofy things. And that was, that was the high point of it for me mm-hmm. was all of these weird kind of like the newspaper stuff, taking him to the park and making fun of the rollerbladers and yeah. stuff. And <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, watching it now as an adult, I'm like, Oh my god, he's gonna ruin that kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as a kid myself, I was like, oh, no one ever took me to, you know, make fun of rollerbladers. Yeah. But no, it, it's fun. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. John Stewart has a supporting role in it. He does. Yep. Um. <laughs> and he's good. He is. Yeah. yeah. And in this movie, Alan Covert plays a gay lover. Yeah. Yep. With Dante. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Who was, uh, who, uh, whose first appearance was in The Waterboy. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot about the... St- <laughs> if we can go back to The Waterboy for a second. The sure. one, Probably one of the worst things in any Adam Sandler movie ever <laughs> is bleep button f***ing <laughs> um, Rob Schneider. He's uh, the worst thing? Yeah, because the whole, like, you can do sorry, it. sorry, Dante was in The Wedding Singer. Oh, okay. Hurt myself. Go ahead. But the whole you can do it thing, like, I, I was just, I hated it so much. It became a thing for some reason. It did. For yeah. some reason. Yeah. yeah. It became a thing in that scene because it was like seven times that he said it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you, you know, you're done. You did it once. It didn't work. Did Don't you feel that anymore. way? You just described Rob Schneider. 16 years ago? 15 years <laughs> ago? Um, you know, I don't know. I was, yeah, I think I was indifferent to it. I think I played into the popularity and quoted it yes. all the time. Yes, yeah. so did I. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, I was. I. I don't think I went that far. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I probably just said, "Oh, that's kind of funny." I guess. 
And even that's kind of even what I said this time when I watched it. I didn't have the hatred you have. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe it's just I. I don't know. It was just it was just I I just was not a fan of it in this in that movie. But we can go back to talking about Big Daddy. I guess. Well, okay. So what about him and Big Daddy? You know, he was good because yeah. he wasn't playing a because he his his role was a bit expanded. And his role had a character, like he was a character. He he wasn't like, oh hey, there's Rob Schneider saying something stupid. Right. It was like, oh yeah. hey, here's Rob Schneider playing someone and saying something stupid. Um. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, he was funnier in this. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, anyway, like I said, Big Daddy made bunch of money, uh, and he followed that up quite unsuccessfully. <laughs> you have to wait till the next uh Adam Sandler Summer of Sandler part 2 episode to hear that but uh so what do you guys think of Adam Sandler in the 90s if we if we're to put a bow on this how how would you describe Adam Sandler's career in the 90s I th- I think there was just so much discovery cuz like I said the, those first couple movies it was like he was just trying to get people to notice him and really trying to trying to get his slice of the pie if you will so then with movies like, you know, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, he gets his slice of the pie and he tries really hard and you know, they're they're solid movies. But then with The Wedding Singer and The Waterboy and to a certain extent Big Daddy, he starts to realize that he can start putting in less of an effort because he already has an audience. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And it's it shows so much on the screen. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't have enough intellect or intuition to pick up on it but as an adult going back and watching it you can just tell that he starts to put in much less of an effort um compared to billy madison and happy gilmore yeah Uh, and it it starts to show and it's sort of the beginning of his downfall i guess when it comes to his comedy career anyways because he goes on to do some good uh dramatic roles in the future but right uh, you know that I think it was sort of the beginning of his his downfall was towards the end with like the wedding singer and Waterboy and Big Daddy. So that's how I feel. It's funny that you say towards the end because that's really it, looking at the list. It's the beginning. I know, but towards the end of the nineties, it's like yeah, yeah that's, that's just yeah. yeah. It's sad. Uh, by the way, um, sorry, Big Daddy. Up until Grown Ups came out, was his highest grossing film which I think huh. we can talk about later. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But that's that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, that's 10, is it, what is that, 15 years? Something like that. Almost 12 years. But anyways, um, Matt, what about you with Sandler um, in the 90s? You know, <laughs> you know, kind of, when we started this project, or when we were in the planning stages of this project, I was thinking, okay, Sandler in the 90s, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be that's going to be <laughs> so awesome and all that. But I'm now noticing it's kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Um I kind of wish he would have maybe you know, I kind of wish it would have been maybe another few years or a couple other movies under his belt before he popped with Billy Madison cuz I would like to see more kind of bulletproof roles, right. airheads, stuff like that. Yeah, he, I wish he tried some different stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish he, that's exactly right. I wish he didn't, I wish he wasn't so successful early on and he had to kind of find his place. But instead, uh, stupid, ridiculous voices was kind of his place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we allowed him, we allowed him to do that and he got comfortable. Yeah. And I'm going to say something kind of bold here. Well, maybe not bold, but it's, it's something that is 
indicative of a lot of comedic talent just in general. I mean, look at Melissa McCarthy now. She's hitting that one note so hard in yeah. all of her Again, movies. I, I will only disagree with you in that she started out that way for me. And uh-huh. pe- I think people are just starting to realize it. Yeah, yeah. She was Adam Sandler in Bridesmaids. Yeah. Yeah. And and people thought it was great because she was a woman. Oh, women can be just as funny as men. Well, yes, they can. In fact, Kristen Wiig can be funnier than men. But when they're when they're playing on shock, that's not funny. It's not funny just because she's a woman. You have to give me something else. That's a digression. I apologize. Yeah. Oh no, that's fine. I really hate her in that movie. That's that's my point. <laughs> I tell. I I think she's okay in that movie because it's the first time that she's in that. Uh, yeah, I like her in it. That that kind of thing. I I she's not worn out, and I don't really get the whole like oh men funnier, women funnier, all that kind of thing. I don't. I just don't get it. I understand like yeah, she's playing this role that's kind of this archetypical role for comedy movie but oh it's it's fresh because she's a woman i never really got that i just thought like hey it's kind of funny it's it's pretty funny she's you know propositioning herself to this guy that she thinks is an air marshal on a plane and it's even funnier to me because i know that they're married in real life um yeah and it's just kind of i don't know yeah whole whole other discussion yeah so we'll do that when we do our uh the autumn of mccarthy um (laughs) autumn of mccarthy (laughs) nice (laughs) Which isn't actually about Melissa McCarthy. It's just about McCarthy and communism and stuff like that. Yeah. The um, Red Scare. Stu- the Red Scare. Red scare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so stupid. Hilarious. Anyway, um, but yeah, for, for him in the 90s, I do kind of wish he would have done more of those. And if you look at the numbers, I mean, he had like five movies before Billy Madison. So it's, it's a, it's a hefty portion of his early career, but in, when he did pop, you can kind of tell he had some it's hard it's hard to say he he does it it's it's very much a marketability 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 that's a word right yeah okay yeah um it's a it becomes more of a marketability factor to him than it does actual quality which is something i honestly wasn't expecting to encounter this early in his his career in this discussion right mm-hmm. um, yeah um, it's funny. I, I, we can talk about this more next episode. Uh, people refer to the beginning of Adam Sandler's career as the best, but looking at some of the movies in our next segment, I think we're going to be surprised with, with some of the movies and, and why did, uh, some of the quality of those movies not match up with, uh, the money that those movies made. And I think that might be our discussion. I think that might be, where we where we make some of our conclusions definitely did yeah. people just want to see billy madison over again yeah unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately they did yeah the water boy made a ton of money <laughs> <laughs> it did it did Ugh. Sorry. All right. yeah so i mean i don't know should we should we throw in a quick potpourri section because we got pretty, i think we can early. now yeah yeah i was not anticipating this to take that but would know. we then be obligated to do one for every sandler episode and eh, not really i don't think yeah we'll be fine do you not want to do potpourri tiny i just think it'd be i think if we did it now we'd be obligated to do it for all the other ones too that's all i'm saying yeah it's fine we can do one yeah i don't yeah let's go ahead and do i don't one. have a problem with doing it totes okay let's do it you haven't seen Fallen Stars yet, have you, Tony? Haven't. 
Damn it. I mean, this is a regular episode, right? It's not going to be a bonus episode? No, no. We'll be fine. Yeah, yeah let's do Puppery. Yeah. Okay. Puppery. puppery. Yay. Let's do it. Okay. Hey, guys. This is John Papa Giorgio of Papa's Basement telling you to visit inpapasbasement.com and check out my show. I'd humble brag and say that my 25 listeners can't be wrong, but I'm pretty sure more people were members of the Heaven's Gate cult, so they could indeed be as wrong as wrong gets. Still work is hell, and if you're hearing this, then you definitely have time to kill. So look up Papa's Basement on iTunes and Stitcher, and of course my website, which is once again in papasbasement.com. I sexily thank you. With the mood in the room after all those Adam Sandler stinkers, I think we should freshen it up with a little bit of potpourri. What do you guys say? Yes, totally. I think that works. That 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 works. That's a good idea. Um, and as you guys know, potpourri is where we talk about movies we've seen, movies we're excited to see, or TV we've seen, or TV we're excited to see, or TV that one of us uh, forced the other people to watch, even though we didn't really want to watch it in the beginning. And when we first watched it, we didn't like it so much, but then found it again later and actually kind of like it a lot. Anything like that. So you guys. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, you know, I've got some stuff keyed up for this. Uh, Keystone Art Theater here in Indianapolis, they're doing midnight screenings uh, for the next, they've done three so far and they're doing another five. Uh, so they've done, like the first one was Back to the Future, which finally got to see it on the big screen. So happy to have seen it there. And it played so well. I loved it. Um, so I had that and then... Also, uh, last, last week was Big Lebowski, which I hadn't seen in a long time and I'd only seen it once. So it was a lot of fun seeing it with a big group and, and all that. And I'd forgotten a lot of the big moments of it. And it's, there's a reason why that has such a strong following. Um, and then most recently it was Raiders of the Lost Ark, which, uh, me and Tiny went and saw it Saturday night and it was, <laughs> I dozed off kind of toward the ending and, I don't remember how loud this was, but Tiny, maybe you can... It wasn't like so loud that the whole theater could hear it. But the people around us heard it. The people around I us snored. heard it. I Some heads turned. Yeah, I heard some snickers and stuff, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But you got to tell your joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I dozed off. It was like, and to my, in my defense, it was right before they opened the Ark of the Covenant. So, I mean, I had to have my eyes closed. But, That's a good point. No. That's a good point. <laughs> other than that, I also the uh I watched uh the I read and watched The Fault in Our Stars and then I also watched 22 Jump Street. So Fault in Our Stars, I loved that adaptation of it. I I really did. I kind of I wish it would it could have been filmed here in Indianapolis, but you know, tax and all that. But yeah. I thought it was a really good adaptation. I thought it was really faithful to the book, and I know Tiny hasn't seen it yet, so I'm going to kind of talk around. I'm not. I'm not the first to say this, but I think it's one of the best adaptations of a book I've ever seen. One of the closest, at least. I would. I would be strongly inclined to to agree with you there. Okay. Um, Yeah. And it made me so happy because the guy who's directed it, Josh Boone, he is handling the adaptation of The Stand. Uh, yeah. which is arguably one of Stephen King's best works. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, and I, I'm really excited for Josh Boone's career because, mm-hmm. I mean, he just seems like such a cool guy. And like he did that movie, um, Stuck in Love, which we talked about in a previous potpourri episode, yeah. or potpourri section. But he, 
small tangent, but he's going to be doing Stephen King, uh, the the stand, and he I've seen him talk about it, and he's like a diehard Stephen King fan. Um, so that just makes me so happy to see that he's a a diehard Stephen King fan. B he said that Nat Wolf, who was in Fall in Our Stars, and uh, Stuck in Love. And also admission. Admission, yeah. yeah. Um, he's awesome. I like him a lot. He said that he has a role in, he's going to have a role in the stand, which I'm really hoping that he's Nick Andros. Um, and then I forgot my third point, but just that he made a really good adaptation of The Fall in Our Stars, which was a really good book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Which, by the way, you can find my adaptations and remakes on the blog, sysbeaver.com. Yes. Links in the show notes, guys. Yes. Yeah, I read the book in less than 24 hours. So. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's a quick read. Cool. Uh, for my potpourri, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the HBO film, The Normal Heart. Uh, it aired mid, mid May, end of May, something like that. Uh, man, was it incredibly good. Uh, just a quick tangent. Um, HBO has done a couple of films over the past couple of years that have kind of centered around gay themes or Mm -hmm. homosexual themes, um, behind the candelabra. Uh, specifically, and I guess as well, definitely as a sign of support, like at like the opening credits when you see the, the big HBO symbol and stuff like mm-hmm. that, it would have like a rainbow behind it. Okay, and so like I, it's great that they support gay rights. I support gay rights 100. percent But it's just right. it just seems a little preachy to me. It's like you're already supporting gay rights by making the <laughs> movies. It's like you're already making a huge statement just by making the movies. So I. It just seemed a little unnecessary. I, I really, I really can't complain about it, but it, I right. just kind of noticed it and it sort of irked me a bit. But anyways, the it's like the discussion of how how much politics do you want in your art? Right. Like how much agenda do you want in your art, whether you agree with it or not? Right. Sometimes you just yeah. want the art for the sake of the art. The art speaks for itself. You don't have. To yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, but the art. This specific piece of art spoke beautifully. Uh, I was just nice. blown away by it on so many levels. Directed flawlessly, an amazing script. Um, Jim Parsons is just absolutely terrific in it. Uh, I guess he was, I think he may have been nominated for a Tony when he was in the play, because it's based on a play. Right. Um, I'm not sure about that, but he was in the I play, so right. he had some, he had some source for it. Um, and everyone is just terrific in it. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is great. Um, Taylor Kitsch, I was really hoping that this was going to be the role that people were going to notice him and be like, this guy is serious. It wasn't quite that for him. I, I was a little bummed. He was definitely good. I, I liked him in it. Um, I, I don't have to try to defend his role like I do with some of his other stuff. Um, so he was good, but not, not quite, not quite what I wanted from him, but I, I still liked it a lot. Um, it is just an absolute, um, moment in our recent history that a lot of people don't know about. I didn't right. know about it. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, it is about uh, how the AIDS epidemic started in the gay community in the United States. Um, and it was, for a long time, it was considered, you know, a, a gay disease uh, that only existed for, for gay men. Um, of course, we now know that it's not. But uh, at the time, there was just so much confusion and uh, just so much that they didn't know from a scientific and a medical standpoint. Um, and just the way it was treated, uh, just societally and and uh, medically, it's just an amazing story. It's heartbreaking, but inspiring at the same time. Uh 
it's just it's just a beautiful movie. You're crazy if you don't see it. So. I uh, I asked you this when when you talked to me about it off the air uh, a week or two ago. Uh, how would you compare it with uh, Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah, that's a tough <laughs> tough comparison. I would on because I love Dallas Buyers Club a lot more than I know Matt was kind of mixed feelings on it. Right. Um, I th- I'd say they're pretty much on par. That's how good it is. Um, I think maybe Matthew McConaughey's performance outshines any performance from the normal heart, but the dude won an Oscar for it. I think that's, you right. know, that's kind of, that's kind of a given. Not to say that anyone in the normal heart was bad because they were all just phenomenal. I think it's going to get tons of nominations yeah. for any kind of award, you name it. Um, and it's going to win a bunch too. And it absolutely deserves them. So, um, incredible movie. Definitely watch it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So Mike, what do you got, buddy? Yeah. Um, so, what's up? so I have two two bits of information I'd like to share. The first one is short, uh, and the first one I'm going to start sound like a broken record. This will be the third time I've mentioned the Friday the 13th movie that's coming out on this podcast, <laughs> but I have to say it again. Um, this year I'll be turning 28, but for my 29th birthday, it falls on a Friday the 13th, and <laughs> as Friday the 13th movies are wont to do, they tend to be released on Friday the 13ths. Uh, and for my 29th birthday, the greatest birthday present I could receive, Paramount Pictures is releasing, uh, Paramount Pictures and, and Michael Bay's production company in conjunction are releasing the new Friday the 13th movie. Nice. Oh, and I can't that's awesome. wait. That's yeah. cool. Nice. So that's cool. And there's still all the rumors going around about it. Uh, it will be in 3D. It might be found footage and it might be set in a winter setting. Wow. Uh, the 3D, I could take or leave, but yeah. the other two things I, I'm thrilled about. <laughs> we've, we've talked before ad nauseum about like where found footage has gone and if we're excited, but I like the idea of a slasher found footage movie that, that does something for me. I forget. Yeah. Is it a reboot? I they don't know. We don't, don't know. know. Okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. It's uh I like the idea of a winter setting. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it. I am like uh I'm excited for it like by association just because of your excitement for it. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I can't wait. We uh you know, a couple weeks ago or the, the 10 days ago uh, as of this recording, mm-hmm. uh Friday the 13th um was also a full moon, so we had a Friday the 13th party and we watched right. part 6. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, so I love Friday the 13th. The other thing I want to talk about is uh, I finally watched Iron Man 3 for the second time at home. How'd you feel? Uh, Wait, first, first, sorry. Uh, How'd you feel about it on your first viewing? I, I didn't like it that okay. much. Okay. We, yeah, we, I feel like we talked about it before. Yeah, I know probably. you guys loved it. I just wanted uh, to refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I was not thrilled by it. Uh, the second time watching it, I, I feel exactly the same. <laughs> and it's a weird conversation to have about it. Usually we have the conversation, sure, it looked cool and it was fun, but was it a good movie? This time I want to ask, there were times where, uh, in comparison, in the scope of action movies, it was well done. But was it a good comic book movie? And I'm and I'm going to give it a strong no. I, I don't think it was a very good comic book movie at all. And some would say, well, we're in an era where we don't really want that anymore. And I guess that's true. The Dark Knight, I've said a hundred times on this show before, was not a comic book movie. It's a crime thriller featuring Batman. Um, but Iron Man, in its, its jocular... Uh, it, it, the way the movie was played is acted like a comic book movie 
but the story is not comic booky enough for me. It really rubs me the wrong way how uh how much time Tony Stark spends outside of the suit. Yeah. And then also uh the entire sequence where he's saving the people out of Air Force 1 um and the fact that that scene ends with uh the suit being run over by a car and you find out that Tony's not in it. I have a real strong bugaboo lately for scenes where uh the tension from a, a scene that you just watched is ruined by a scene that happens afterwards. I really really hate when that happens. Hmm. Uh, and, and that there was no tension the second time because I know they still have to save the people, but why would Tony Stark ever, ever get inside an Iron Man suit again, ever? And it just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Huh. Um, it's better than the second one. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Just reacting to that. I, I, you know, having watched it again as well a few times, I, I, I like your, the context you put it in because, as a like a standalone comic book movie, yeah, it's not it's not really great from that context, from that perspective. But hmm. you can't view it at well, you can view it as a standalone movie, but I can't help but view it as the third installment of a trilogy. And I think it in the context of the trilogy, I thought it was phenomenal the way it wrapped up the character and the storylines. Um, and t- to your point about um, him being out of the suit so much. Uh, I think it's because we learned at the ending that he was trying to learn to live without it. Because, you yeah. know, in the end, he gets, spoiler alert, he gets the metal taken out of his chest so he doesn't necessarily need, he doesn't, he doesn't need the magnet in his chest anymore. Um, and so right. throughout the movie, I feel like those were steps for him learning to live without it. Um, that's how I felt about it anyways. So, yeah. but you do, you definitely have a point that as a standalone comic book movie, not the best. Right. Yeah. I liked, I, my whole thing about it was, it was very, it was very fun. The comic relief was great. Yeah. It was a lot. It was kind of like a spy movie instead of comic book movie. And I kind of, I dug that a lot. I was really into that. Mm-hmm. Um, the and villain the big, was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Not to yeah. Guy Pierce's. Yeah. That's, discredit. I think that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. The villain was beyond forgettable. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, the Mandarin gets a lot of flack. Yeah. For, but I thought that it was played pretty well. I don't know the I liked it. I, Thank I, you. I swear no allegiance to Iron Man in terms of my, my comic book devotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I know a lot of Iron Man fans, if there are any, whatever, you don't like Iron Man. Um, <laughs> they were pissed about yeah, what they yeah. did with the Mandarin, but I, I thought that was funny. Hmm. That was more interesting, like like you said, than Guy Pierce's character, right? Definitely, and not not to Guy Pierce's discredit. I think it was just a poorly written, poorly constructed character. Sure, yeah, agree. I, li- I like Guy Pierce quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really quick, have you guys? What do you guys think of Snowpiercer? Have you heard anything about that or anything? Nothing. Nothing. I've only heard. A, the trailer described to me, and then I saw a poster for it in my Entertainment Weekly. Uh, so that's all, that's all I know about it. That's good because I I saw an ad on Facebook or on uh, IMDb that said like it, like snippets of of review stuff and everything. I don't even know when the movie comes out, but saying like oh it's like one of the best sci-fi movies of of recent times or something like hmm. that. And I was like, I kind of don't want to know anything. I yeah. want to go in completely. Yeah. Completely free. Maybe we can do an episode about that. But cool. Um, yeah, I don't know when did that come out. 
Yeah, I'm glad I don't know anything about it. <laughs> That's an interesting title. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yep. Comes out June 27th. Oh, this Friday. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Chris huh. Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans. Interesting. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, is that it? <laughs> yeah. Is that all yeah, we got? I, I think that'll do it. Yeah. This was a shorter, it was far shorter than I thought it would be. Yeah. As always, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer podcast. This was the first of our planned four episodes of uh, examining the career of Adam Sandler. So check back frequently for those in the next, in the coming weeks and couple months. Um, thank you to Star Tissue for providing our awesome opening theme music. You can find more of their music at soundcloud.com slash star tissue. Uh, make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and let us know what you think, uh, by, uh, doing that. Um, also vote for us for podcast of the month on podcastline.com. And please like our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. And you can also follow each of us on Twitter. You can find me, I'm Matt, at obsessive viewer. Tiny is at obsessive tiny and Mike is at I am Mike White. Uh, you can also check out the blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we're posting a lot of good content. I actually made a, uh, I put in my calendar on my tablet like a schedule of all the stuff that I want to post on the blog in the coming like two months and it's, terrifying uh so we'll get those posted hopefully on schedule also check out our sister website the uh, obsessive book nerd at obsessivebooknerd.com uh it's where we review books and uh provide commentary on the ever-evolving world of reading um and also check out tiny side project the secular perspective it's a podcast examining uh the roles and uh, of, of religion and secularism in the world today and healthy debate and discussion of those two, those two topics. Uh, check that out at thesecularperspective.com, also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, all that stuff. Uh, finally, if you have any thoughts on the podcast or suggestions for f- future topics or anything like that, you can email us. Uh, I'm Matt at obsessiveviewer.com. Uh, tiny is tiny at obsessiveviewer.com and Mike is Mike at obsessiveviewer.com. Uh, <laughs> that about does it? <laughs> did you say Mike at obsessiveviewer.com? Yeah, I did. Oh, you the emails. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, is that why you left? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, all right, well, that about does it for us. So thanks for listening, guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening. This was a shorter, it was far shorter than I thought it would be. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. our episodes are too long anyways. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think our episodes are too long anyways. Eh. Yeah, they can, they can be. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, we're still getting back in the groove of things after, yeah. you know, PopCon. So, all right. Well, let me bring up my list of crap to say. I'm, we're so out of the game here. Um, You're not going to leave this in. No, probably not. <laughs> I thought you you said we're so out of the game, like addressing the the listeners. No, That's I kind of did, and I don't. I'm not going to keep it in. Okay, anyway. Um, <coughs> you okay? I no, I've got AIDS. Um, <laughs> uh, too many roughed up suspects. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs>